chapter ten of the book of love by paolo montegazza this librivox recording is in the public domain boundaries of love and their relations to the senses two hearing has a small but interesting part in the story of love if we set aside the prominent part it has as an instrument of thought we are not to discuss here music or the value of ideas communicated through words but the purely sensual influence of the ear in amorous phenomena hearing yields some pleasures almost tactile and always very sensual such as are brought to us by some sounds which may be termed lascivious the swish of a silk gown the warbling of some birds the murmur of certain waves etc but beyond these rare exceptions hearing has a tender affectionate part we would say that it stirs affections predisposing them to vibrate with the sweetest most impassioned notes man and woman have each a peculiar voice and the sexual character of the feminine voice affects man while the virile timbre of his voice causes woman's heart to throb with the most deeply sexual desires there are some feminine voices that cannot be heard with impunity so suavely do their notes penetrate into the greatest depths of the heart which throbs with excitement and emotion the voice of some women resembles a caress by the wing of a swan and while it delights us it perturbs and confuses us affects us deeply and lastingly men and women through the notes of their voices chastely reveal their sex and the heart palpitates violently as that of a girl bathing who before trusting her little foot to the wave looks around as though frightened by the rustle of the leaves the sound of the voice beyond the idea it represents cannot say i am beautiful i am intelligent but it can say alone many other sweet things i am a woman i am very much of a woman i desire much i am languishing with love i am alone i want you at once i wait you ardently etc the seduction of the voice has some of the characteristics attributed to ancient sorcery it surprises fascinates and conquers us and we are unable to discover the cause of such a storm roused by a few sounds a few words we feel ourselves almost humiliated at being vanquished without a battle carried off without our consent and the fascination of a voice seems to us the work of a witch more than once we have resisted the seductions of sight the violence of touch but the voice conquers us delivers us bound hand and foot into the arms of a mysterious power which demands from us the blindest submission against which rebellion is impossible and this influence of the voice lasts a long time is never forgotten often survives love itself after long years of silence indifference contempt the wind carries to us the sound of a voice and we feel ourselves disturbed surprised reconquered as in the first day of our love hearing will cast its fishing-line into the deepest waters of our affection
and more than one love has been resuscitated miraculously from the coldest ashes by a dear voice which we had perhaps long since forgotten love has many mysterious relations to the olfactory sense in the animal world perfumes are often the more direct and powerful instigators in amorous struggles and even before the female has seen the companion by whom she desires to be conquered the wings of the wind have carried to her nostrils a perfume that inebriates and fills her with voluptuousness this sense may be a powerful excitant in inferior races or in the lower type of men of high races but it exercises in love a powerful influence even in the most refined natures by means of perfumes which we have conquered from nature and which by the omnipotence of chemistry we know how to reproduce without having recourse to the power of life we have brought into our power the essence of every petal the perfume of every calyx of every leaf of every bark the repugnant smell of many enamoured animals and with impudent art mixing the odours of flowers with exciting aromas we have concentrated in a few drops of essence so much olfactory voluptuousness as warm spring could hardly concentrate in a flowering meadow or in a tropical forest now the deep and intense voluptuousness of perfumes is the daughter of a remote atavism which makes us susceptible of the sexual exhalations of many living beings and solely for this reason no sense has more intimate ties with animal voluptuousness than smell if you study the expression on the face of a woman who is scenting a very odorous flower and feels as though inebriated you will see that such a picture resembles more than anything else a sublime scene of love ask many over sensual men and they will tell you that they cannot visit with impunity the laboratories where essences and perfumes are made ask the art of the perfume maker and it will answer that after having mixed a hundred essences of flowers and leaves it gives relief to and improves all those perfumes by adding an infinitesimal quantity of a matter fetid in itself but taken from the organs of love of some animal ask why women love perfumes so much and perhaps a few will be able to tell you or will answer with a blush and if by a long experience they have already learned the most subtle mysteries of the senses all the finest arts of coquetry they will tell you that perfumes are a powerful weapon in the arsenal of love and that some of them possess an irresistible charm over the senses of man it is difficult to remain a long time in the warm atmosphere of voluptuousness without sacrificing a great part of those noble forces which are destined for higher attainments and this explains why no impassioned mania of four perfumes can have a moral influence over us he who plunges into the tepid titillating and morbid wave of odours no longer measures his strength in relation to a chaste and robust virility but squeezes from the fruit the last drop of juice and in the rapid convulsion of weariness imagines new delights but between this human debasement and the contempt for perfumes there is an abyss and by abandoning them to the courtesan or to the savage woman who anoints herself from head to foot we throw away without any reason much of a dear and sweet voluptuousness which could be enjoyed and cultivated by us without any offence to morals
do you believe that a kiss given to that one whom you love and who is yours through the petals of a rose is a sin of lust do you ever believe that love gathered in a shower of violets hyacinths and narcissus between the corpuscules of two sighs could be called lasciviousness nature is eternally rich and the garlands we weave with her flowers around our joys do not deplete her inexhaustible gardens End of chapter ten